0: Welcome to the After the Bell Podcast brought to you by Connex Education Academy. Our podcast is here to help teachers, leaders and tutors. We will be discussing the latest issues in education and sharing top tips for use in the classroom, both face-to-face or virtually. Welcome back to the After the Bell podcast brought to you by Connex Academy. Georgie McIntyre here, Director of Learning and Development. Thank you for joining us to hear our podcast series on students with SEND. And I'm joined again by Andy Bridge, a current deputy head teacher and Debbie Davis, head teacher of an independent special school at THENCO. Our series of podcasts look at the variety of SEND that students can have. Last week's podcast focused on the awareness and support required for dyscalcular students. And we hope that you found the podcast interesting and insightful. Today we're going to focus on dysgraphia and aim to heighten our awareness of this specific learning difficulty and also take a look at the support available. So let's start by welcoming Debbie and tell us what dysgraphia is. Welcome Debbie.
1: Hi, it's great to be back. Hello Andy. Hi guys. Hello. (laughs) Hello. Um, So you know that I like to um, help to frame things with a, a good quote. Um, And I've taken a quote from the National Institute of Neurological Disorders and Stroke because I I think this is really helpful. So I'm just going to read this to you and and, then hopefully you'll be able to see what dysgraphia actually is. So dysgraphia is a neurological disorder characterised by writing disabilities. Specifically, the disorder causes a person's writing to be distorted or incorrect. In children, the disorder generally emerges when they are first introduced to writing. They make inappropriately sized and spaced letters or write wrong or misspelt words, despite thorough instruction. Children with the disorder may have other other learning disabilities. However, they usually have no social or other academic problems. Cases of dysgraphia in adults generally occur after some trauma. In addition to poor pure hand, pure handwriting, dysgraphia is characterised by wrong or odd spelling and production of words that are not correct, i.e. using boy for child. The cause of the disorder is unknown, but in adults it is usually associated with damage um, to, the, to the brain. I hope that's helpful. Yeah,
0: absolutely, Debbie. And um, it's it's started to unpack uh, a lot more for me, certainly as well. But Andy, is dysgraphia related to any other conditions?
2: So this is a good question, but it's quite a complex answer. So it it does seem to be related to other conditions, but it's not always clear why and, and in what way, and if one causes the other or if they just coexist. So we know that dysgraphia is. Common um, in people that have experienced some kind of trauma to the brain. We know that it very commonly occurs alongside dyslexia. We know that it's common um, amongst people suffering from dementia, uh, with children with ADHD, which is attention um, deficit hyperactivity disorder. And we know that it's common alongside Huntington's disease, which is obviously quite a rare degenerative condition. So, yes. It is the short answer, I guess. It, it does seem to be linked to other conditions, but it's not always clear to us why or in, in what ways some of those conditions are linked. And it doesn't mean that just because somebody experiences one of these difficulties that they will necessarily experience dysgraphia as well.
0: Okay, so how how do we know if a student has dysgraphia, Debbie?
1: Well, there are, there are a number of symptoms. Um, Healthline is is a good website to visit if you want to read in great detail, but I can share. There's a, a very comprehensive list on there, but I'll, I'll share some examples that we can consider today. So illegible handwriting is a common sign of dysgraphia. However my own handwriting is i have to say is is really messy at times um and but i'm an example of someone who who hasn't got uh, dysgraphia so dysgraphia students can be neat writers um with with much effort so uh, that's that's an interesting um point i think other indications of dysgraphia are incorrect spelling um and capitalization um Inappropriate sizing and spacing of letters, difficulty copying words, unusual body or hand position when writing, which is it it can be seen when you're looking out for whether you you see the signs of dysgraphia, a, a tight hold on a pen or a pencil resulting in hand cramps, which can be painful, and watching your hand while you write. So the children are really zoom into their own hand while they're actually writing and saying words aloud whilst they're writing and omitting letters and words from sentences so it's quite a list there and as I said there is a more comprehensive list on on uh, the website that I mentioned earlier if you want to have a look at that
0: okay so how can you get a diagnosis dysgraphia Andy
2: yes yeah, so much um similar to the other conditions that we've talked about This is probably gonna start with the classroom teacher and or the senko doing some observations in class. Um, They might administer some basic assessment. It could just be an IQ test. It could be quite often schools use CATS tests um, to start to identify any patterns. And at the point where they do want to try um, to get that diagnosis, they'll then engage a team of experts. So physicians, psychologists, potentially mental health professionals, um, occupational therapists, um, specially qualified SEN teachers might all be involved in that diagnosis process um, to look at various elements of skin to check if this um, is something that she's suffering from.
0: Thank you. So when it comes to TAs and teachers, what can we do or they do to support a child with dysgraphia, Debbie?
1: I'm sure you've got some great examples. Um, and, and again, another um interesting question and and it comes back to the other podcast that we've mentioned about um once the diagnosis is made the doors of support open wide so providing additional time to complete a, ris- a written task uh, giving students a, a copy of the notes from the lesson really helpful really inclusive and and will be gratefully received by such students Permit students to use a scribe or tools for speech to text translation. Uh, Allow students to write numeric formulas rather than mathematical word problems. Using aids, uh, trying various pencil grips. Very, very simplistic thought, but how how valuable would it be for a child to actually find the grip that works that doesn't lead to cramps? Activities to strengthen hand and muscle and and motor control. uh, Connecting dots or dashes to create complete letter forms. uh, Tracing letters with your finger or your index finger. uh, Copying letters from models. I mean, those are just a, a few examples that will be gratefully received by students who are finding it difficult within the classroom because of their special need. Yeah, it sounds
0: like a really robust list. Would you, would you have a top tip for teachers,
2: Andy? For me, I think it, it's <clears throat> bearing in mind that for students with dysgraphia, the amount of effort that it takes them to focus on writing words down on paper is a huge distraction from listening to what the teacher's saying and from being able to think about um, whatever the task is that they're completing all of their energy and thought becomes consumed on that process of writing that they find so difficult you know that that can then lead to children who are very intelligent becoming frustrated they can't get that thought that's in the head down on the paper so for me I'm, I'm not saying let's give up on the idea of children being able to handwrite well but if a student's gone all the way through school experiencing these real difficulties they've had handwriting interventions they've had support with that motor grip and the grip of the pencil and and all these various interventions actually it can be a really kind supportive thing to do to say actually let's provide a laptop let's take away that barrier for learning and let the student type because then they can focus on the learning in their geography lesson or the learning in the science lesson because they can focus on that science content rather than having all of their brain power consumed by that process of writing so you know i think it's all about looking pragmatically are there barriers here that we've got the option of just removing barriers to make life that a little bit more?
0: Thank you so much, Andy. That's a really, really good top tip there, actually, and, and, and very simple and easy to uh, introduce as well. We hope that this podcast has been helpful to you in respect of understanding and responding positively to the needs of students with dysgraphia. Our next podcast is equally as insightful and we'll look at ways to raise awareness and support for students with visual impairment. We hope that you have the time to join and listen in with the session. You can pick up our After the Bell podcasts, which are released on a weekly basis and provide quick tips and discussions with our experts around all things educational. You can join in and listen on your walking the dog, on your daily commute, on your treadmill, as your focus for the day and we hope you find one or two strategies that you can take away and apply to your classroom. Thank you so much for listening and joining and thank you to Debbie and Andy for being with us again today.